Welcome. Welcome to the weekend. Everybody up. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. You'll get the insight and latest information on North Dakota State football. From the tailgate lot to the football field, our countdown is on. Here's your host of Heard It Here, Josh Swanson. I'm going to start with this. Never underestimate the power of people that love each other and support each other. Because all the things that happened this week, all it did was galvanize that locker room. All it did was bring everybody closer together. And I know people thought it was going to pull us apart, thought it was going to be distractions. People don't know that locker room. We have 24 unbelievable seniors. We have a bunch of coaches that do love and care about each other. And I'm a firm believer, if you're honest with people and let them know what's going on, they'll be okay. They'll buy into it and say, okay, coach, if it happens, we're happy for you. How sweet does that sound, Bison Nation? Are you galvanized this morning? Going back to Frisco, Texas to compete for a seventh national championship in eight years. How about that? 44-21, North Dakota State absolutely dominated their rival South Dakota State Jackrabbits in one of the more memorable games ever played at the Fargo Dome. Easton Stick. Chase Miller, what what do you even say about Easton Stick's performance last night? That young man, they it was on him. Coach Kleiman said it in his post-game press conference. We were gonna ride this guy, and they rode him to the tune of 16 rushes for 147 yards, three rushing touchdowns. He completed 12 of 15 passes for 169 yards and a touchdown. Boy, if Easton Stick didn't show why he was the best player in FCS football last night. I, I don't know what it'll take. The one thing you want to go back to with Easton Stick, because remember the first 30 minutes weren't as if what happened in the second half. The only reason the Bison didn't score in every possession this second half was time ran out You know, at the end of the game. They scored on five of their six possessions in the second half. But the first half, you know, there were some miscues. There were some penalties. There was false starts. A lot of people were probably going, what is going on here? We're, we're on offense and it's quiet. This should be happening in South Dakota State. But the Bison had 226 yards of offense in the first half. Easton Stick had 180 yards by himself and the two touchdowns, Swanee. So that just shows you when when plays needed to get made, Easton Stick was kind of the one that delivered those plays in the first half. Then he just continued to do that in the second half with Bruce Anderson, who got involved. Obviously, another rushing touchdown in the second half. Uh, very reminiscent to, ironically, when the Bison played at Kansas State, where they motioned that you know tailback out of the backfield. Then Brock Jensen had that not big you know nine-yard rush. Well, now all of a sudden, Easton Stick took that for uh, the land of six. So I, I don't know if there's enough superlatives, enough adjectives, whatever that you want to talk about Easton Stick after the performance he had last night. Chris Kleiman called him the best player in college football, and he said, hold on now. Can we go back and look at that Heisman again? And and last night, North Dakota State, to your point, Chase, held the ball for 35 minutes. 
North Dakota State had the ball for 35 minutes to South Dakota State's 25 minutes. And, and to me, what really stands out, after NDSU scored that touchdown, where they scored three touchdowns on one drive, had two nullified by penalties, Bruce Anderson gets a touchdown, South Dakota State bats an eyelash, and before you know it, they're in the end zone. Christian had just a, a beautiful touchdown pass to make it a 14-point game. So going into the fourth quarter, we're sitting there with a 14-point game. South Dakota State is, they're hanging around. They're hanging around. And then the Bison do what the Bison do best. 15 plays, 61 yards, consuming nine minutes and five seconds on the clock. And you want to talk about a big-time player in a big-time game? North Dakota State converted three of four third downs on that drive before a Cam Peterson field goal erased any doubt remaining as to the outcome of the game to put North Dakota State up by 17 points. On a third and four, early in the drive, he found Christian Watson for seven yards. On a third and three, right after that, he found Dallas Freeman for eight yards. And then, in maybe the gutsiest call of the game, on a third and five, they go to Adam Cofield, who has a six-yard run to chip in toward that 15-play, 61-yard drive. And North Dakota State... You know, we heard in Coach's post-game press conference, Bruce Anderson was dinged up with the quad. Seth Wilson was dinged up with the hamstring. They should both be good to go for Frisco. So North Dakota State rode stick. And South Dakota State's defense, they knew what was coming. They knew it was the Easton Stick number 12 show. And a lot, a lot of stuff talking to Bison fans last night. Easton Stick tied Brock Jensen's all-time winningest FCS record. He can break that record. In Frisco, Texas, North Dakota State improves to 14-0 on the year. They'll face the winner of this afternoon's game between Eastern Washington and Maine. And what I'm seeing this morning is Bison fans, complimentary of this team, but saying Easton Stick may be the greatest player to ever put on a Bison uniform. He's been that fantastic this year. He's put the team, and he'll be the first guy to tell you. He'll say it's a team effort. The offensive line's got to block. The defensive line has to generate pressure. The receivers have to catch the pass. The running backs have to find their gaps. But, folks, enjoy this guy for the game that you have left because Easton Stick is something special. He's kind of like Iceman in the movie Top Gun, right? When, when all of a sudden you have Tom Cruise and company asking, well, who who's the best of the best? Who's the best of the best? Then Goose comes over here and goes, that's Iceman over there. He just wears you down. He's just going to put you in the situation, then all of a sudden, bang, you're gone. And that's kind of Easton Stick. His numbers don't necessarily jump off the page. His numbers are not going to be 300 yards passing you know, weekly. They're not going to be 300 yards rushing weekly, as we saw with the Kennesaw State uh, team you know, uh, last weekend going up against South Dakota State in, in previous games. I mean, he had a nice and tidy, to say the least, 12 of 15 for 169 yards and one touchdown passing, rushing 16 attempts for 147 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, just what this guy can do, the amount of third downs where he can scramble out of, the amount of checks that we hear at the line, um, what Easton Stick is able to provide to this team. And don't forget what happened when he first got onto the football field. You know, Carson Wentz gets injured. Everyone's going, uh-oh, <laughs> what, what, what's going on? And the offensive lineman kind of remember back then in his first couple of games, specifically at Indiana State, kind of saying, well, Easton was our puppy dog. We weren't going to let him get injured too much. We weren't going to let him take too many hits. And the amount of film, the amount of game reps, the amount of 
just understanding what it takes to go from, you know, pregame warm-ups. I mean, he's out there two and a half hours before the game doing his own specific warm-ups. I mean, he's getting loose by himself, and then all of a sudden you go put the pads on and you're doing the Coach Kramer warm-ups. I mean, he understands it. It's kind of like Clayton Kershaw, you know, a, a really good pitcher in Major League Baseball. They have their own reprimand. They that do, is routine. They don't. They do their own thing. They do as much with the team, but for some reason, it just sticks out that how this guy can dribble a football between his legs, no problem, and do everything else. Uh, Swanee. I mean, again, he's just not going to be denied, as Coach Kleiman said last night. And and this Bison football team now, the comparisons will start being made even more so between that 2013 team that finished the season, you know, 15 and 0 on the field, and that's what this 2018 team is trying to do. John Stigemeyer was very complimentary of Easton Stick after the game, talking about how much of a competitor he is. And in fact, John Stigemeyer said he loves Easton Stick, and it's it's rare you get that kind of praise from an opposing team's head coach. And for as much as was made about Taron Christian, who leaves as South Dakota State's the, their best quarterback in school history, a tremendous football player, the all-time offensive leader in Missouri Valley Football Conference history. You had two really good quarterbacks going at it last night, and Terrence Christian was doing everything he could to keep his team in the game. But when it mattered most, the Bison defense was able to come up with some key stops. And what what was maybe the most memorable week in Bison football history? Just think, think back to where we – last week seems like a month ago when North Dakota State beat Colgate. That seems like an eternity ago, Monday – Afternoon, Monday night, we learned that Chris Kleiman is leaving to take the Kansas State job. So he's jet-setting between here and Manhattan, trying to balance his obligations for North Dakota State while trying to get acclimated to the Kansas State fan base and boosters down there and his team speaking to his, his new Kansas State team. But you heard his opening statement, folks. He was locked in. He was focused. That team rallied around him. And all week long, we told you this on the Bison Illustrated podcast. You heard Chase talking about it here on 740 The Fan. I was on with Derek Hansen on uh, after well, the drive yesterday afternoon. And what we were telling you was that it would be awfully tough for South Dakota State to come in to the Fargo Dome where 24 seniors and an entire football program were not going to let Chris Kleiman's last game in the Dome be a loss to South Dakota State. And Coach Kleiman mentioned how it galvanized the locker room, how it brought everybody together and everybody out there. I know Brian McLaughlin at Hero Sports. Nothing but love for you, Brian, but saying, well, this could be a distraction. <laughs> well, distraction? I don't think so, man. North Dakota State rallied around Chris Kleiman. On Thursday, Matt Larson, the director of athletics at North Dakota State, announces that Matt Entz, the current defensive coordinator will be the next head coach. The team rallied around Coach Kleiman. They rallied around Coach Entz, and they rallied around each other. And that game was never really in doubt. North Dakota State took control from the opening kick. They never trailed in the football game. And, Chase, how about the Bison offensive line rushing the ball for 439 yards on 49 attempts for a nine yards per rush? Nine yards per rush attempt, and the offense put up 608 total yards. I, I think the Bison offense gets tired about hearing how great this South Dakota State offense is. NDSU outgained SDSU 608 yards to 
for 357 yards. Well, the one thing I'll, I'll say again is the first half. The first half, 226 yards again by the Bison. Easton Stick had 180. But then all of a sudden when Seth Wilson came through the middle there to start the second half, it just kind of felt like, okay, there's the shot in the arm that you wanted to give against SDSU. How are you guys going to get off the mat? Well, the Jacks, give them credit, offensively came back and responded because all of a sudden it was 21-7, to and, and we're all thinking it, geez, if South Dakota State doesn't put a drive together here and specifically score a touchdown, it, it, this could get away from them a little bit. Their offense came back, but their defense just didn't have an answer for North Dakota State. In the second half alone, the drive chart for NDSU, touchdown, 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 field goal after that nine-minute, 15-play drive, touchdown, end of game. And how you're able to get all these running backs into the game got a little nicked up. You didn't play without Lance Dunn again, who got injured against Colgate, so you're already down one specific you know, player. But the ability of the Rams up front, and let's be honest, Tony, the reason why Matt Larson went and hired Coach Hans, the reason why you saw such a quick turnaround was, A, Larson obviously had a plan and knew that sooner or later Kleiman's going to get asked to go to another um, institution, another program. But, B, at the end of the day, Bison football is the same as it's always been for a very long time, whether they ran the you know option or play good defense, whether they were West Coast, run the football down your mouth, play good defense. And I don't think we're going to see that really stray too much once Coach Entz does get the head coaching job, understanding, hey, we need some running backs. We need some big hog mollies up front. We need guys who who can pound the pavement, as Coach Kleiman said, you know, recruiting, but doing that on the football field. And what NDSU has been able to do, it, it's almost been expected. Seven straight years now that they've played on this Friday night FCS semifinal game. Seven straight. There would be teams that would just kill to be in the semifinals once every five years. And and to have this team, what they've been able to do, make it back down to Frisco, um, it's been a remarkable run. But, yeah, that second half just – they had as many yards almost in the third quarter, Swanee, on their three drives as they did in the first half. They had over 200 yards – in their first three drives of the second half, I mean, it was just remarkable to see. That that was a backbreaker, and, and SDSU coach John Stigemeyer referenced that in his postgame comments, that those three touchdowns in the third quarter really put it away. And, and I think, to your point, Chase, Matt Larson had a plan all along. I would asked him about it at the, his press conference on Tuesday, his philosophy in looking at candidates, and he said exactly that. NDSU has been successful with the same formula, run the football, play good defense. I think Matt Entz was the guy from the very beginning. NDSU did what NDSU does best. And how about this statistic, folks? Going back to 1979, NDSU has had six football coaches. Five of those coaches have won national championships. Four of those coaches have won multiple national championships. And here's here's one more nugget before you. Before we go into the break, we'll come back. I heard it here with Swanee on 740 AM. The fan, Chase, and I will break down some sound bites from last night's post-game press conference. But here's, here's a nugget going into the break. NDSU improved to 29-0 wearing the Gold Rush jerseys. NDSU is 29-0 wearing the yellow jerseys and 13-0 in the Harvest helmets. I think we're going to see some yellow jerseys and Harvest helmets January 5th and Frisco. This is Heard It Here with Swanee at 7.40 a.m. The Fan and 107.3. When we come back, we're going to break down some sound from last night's 44-21 to Bison semifinal. (laughs) 
lot of plane tickets being booked last night and this morning. A lot of you had your flight tickets to North Dallas to watch NDSU play for their seventh, their seventh national championship in eight years, January 5th, that first weekend down in Frisco, Texas, and the bars down there are high-fiving and back-slapping each other last night and this morning going, cha-ching, cha-ching, we're making some money because we got 20,000 Bison fans coming back down to Frisco, much like the cha-ching sound you heard when Seth Wilson, early in the third quarter, ripped off that 78-yard run to set up NDSU's third touchdown of the game and put North Dakota State up 21-7. to Chris Kleiman last night talked about it, the run NDSU is on. This streak, we got the sound from that, Josh, the uh, run of NDSU the last few years. Yeah, pinch myself. It's it's. Don't ever take it for granted, everybody in here. Don't ever take it for granted. It's so hard to do. We've had a special season, a special team. Been a lot of special teams here uh, in in my eight years that um, we've been able to get back there seven years. And and the eighth time we lost in the semifinals to a good team. I'll never take it for granted. I won't take it for granted. Um, I've been a part of the most special run in the history of college football, uh, and uh, just excited to be a part of it. And that's, it is historic. It doesn't happen. You have to look at those great UCLA basketball teams under John Wooden to find a team. Eight straight Final Four national semifinal appearances and going back to a national championship game for the seventh time. Chase, you hit it earlier. Most programs would be happy with one. Northern Iowa, a conference foe and a really good Missouri Valley and FCS team, they have never been. They've never been to a national championship game. Or they, they might have been to one, but they've never won a national championship. South Dakota State just can't get past the Bison. And you, you heard the, the anguish in John Stigemeyer's voice last night, thinking we've had the two best teams in school history the last two years getting to the national semifinals. But they just can't get past Big Brother in Fargo. So for, for Bison fans, it's kind of hard. I know we say don't take it for granted, but it's kind of hard not to when you're going to the national championship game for the seventh time in eight years. And the the one thing that you mentioned, like a team like Northern Iowa, who is the two teams again playing the first time down in Frisco, Texas? Eastern Washington and Delaware. And that game wasn't sold out. It was about two-thirds full, right? The bands were in actual seating where the fans sit. They weren't on their own stage area. Then all of a sudden, here comes North Dakota State and Sam Houston State. And a lot of fans were wondering, geez, I wonder how many tickets the Bison are going to be able to get because Sam Houston, well, they're just a couple hours away. That first year was pretty close to being 50-50. That was the closest year it was to being 50-50. Then after that, it's been a sea of gold down in Frisco. And a lot of teams would kill to be in what South Dakota State even has had. Back-to-back years in the semifinals. They're kind of becoming the new Sam Houston State. You know, there's a lot of teams that would have loved to have been Sam Houston State in 2011, 2012. You know, national championship runner-up, national championship runner-up, have a chance to go to the semis last year, had a chance what was in 2015 again they played the Bison around that time point in the semifinals. I mean, South Dakota State is getting to a point where they're the new kings on the block. The problem is you still haven't put the actual king off the block yet, Swanee. You've got that team in North Dakota State where it just has to grind on you that 
no matter what you do. If you're South Dakota State fans, you got to just hate North Dakota State something fierce because you get the, the talk, and I, I told Derek Hansen this yesterday, the talk all week, all, all this last month during this playoff run was, well, if there's one team, if there's one team that can beat the Bison, if, there, if there's one team that can come into the Fargo Dome and win, it's South Dakota State. And they had to be feeling awfully confident. They'd been to the Fargo Dome before and beat the Bison. But for the fourth time in the FCS playoffs, in 2012, in 2014, in 2016, and 2018, SDSU sees its season end in the Fargo Dome to the Bison. And North Dakota State just takes it to a different level in the playoffs. How good is this Bison team? How historically good is this 14-0 team looking for the undefeated season, January 5th in Frisco? Chase, the Bison have outscored their playoff opponents by 100 points. This is the FCS playoffs. These are the best teams in the country. You had a Colgate team who had the best defense in the FCS. You had a South Dakota State team who's probably the second best team in the country. And North Dakota State just absolutely took each one of them apart. And... It, it, again, it goes back to 2013 when the Bison team, when they play New Hampshire, I believe, in, in the semifinals, and all of a sudden you just went like, they were playing, you know, God bless Texas and all those songs pretty early in that game, like Sam Houston State last year. And you, you can kind of go, well, Montana State, I thought it was going to be a lot tougher game in climbing, even said in his post-game press conference that game, that that was about the most complete game they played all year against Montana State. And you see how NDSU so – tough to play when they have a bye week to prep for teams. It's almost unheard of that they lose one of those games. Then Colgate comes into town, and we were kind of saying, well, Colgate might be a little undermatched, but they got a really good defense, and and we and we saw it. They do have a really good defense. Offensively, though, they need some other pieces to try to knock off NDSU. And then for South Dakota State coming in here, um, you know, it was a seven-point deficit at the half. You probably feel fortunate you're down by seven for how uh, NDSU played a little bit, but you kind of can go, well, if we can make a stop in the third quarter get the ball back you know then we have ourselves a ball game but the the willpower that NDSU takes away from teams is what I'm starting to notice in the second half their ability to just continue to hit those downhill rushes where to start might be zero yards you know Rosboom had a lot of tackles last night for SDSU um, it might be two yards up, up on the ground but then all of a sudden those two yards become five those five yards become 10. Those 10 yards become 20 and then the other thing to go on top of it to Swanee um, you know Easton Stick now he ties Brock Jensen you know, and and I know he talked about that too after the game, Swanee. But I mean, this is going to be something that a lot of fans are going to be starting to look at comparisons of how he's like with Brock, how he's been with Carson specifically. Do we got that sound, Josh? The sound of Easton commenting on Ty and Brock Jensen for the all-time FCS win leader. It's it's pretty unbelievable uh, to think that there's two guys, and and not two guys, but uh, two guys that they got to play the position, but. It, that this program has been so successful uh, for so long. That's unbelievable, and it speaks to the to the people here, um, to the community support that we get. The Dome was unbelievable tonight. That was so much fun to play play in front of that uh, crazy crowd, and um, it just speaks to the amount of success and, and the amount of good people and good players that have been here. We talked about it all week, the anticipation for that game. 18,286 fans packed the Dome. North Dakota State sold out of standing room only tickets. It was the hottest seat in Fargo. I, I know I was getting lit up like a Christmas tree on Twitter because I posted screenshots showing ticket prices to the Rose Bowl versus ticket prices 
to the Fargo Dome and it got something like 600 likes. Bison fans were ready for this football game. And, and Easton Stick, the, the quarterbacks NDSU has had during this run and so much of the talk over the next three weeks, and we'll unpack this later in the show, comparing the 2018 team to the 2013 team. Which is the best team in Bison football history? Which is the best team in FCS history? Now, North Dakota State has some work to do. They haven't won a championship yet. The talk all week was this is a de facto national championship game last night. I think it was. I think South Dakota State was the second best team in the FCS. And I think North Dakota State is going to house whoever they play in the championship, whether that's Eastern Washington, whether that's the University of Maine. North Dakota State's offense right now is performing at a level that is unprecedented. This offense is one of the best offenses in program history. It's one of the best offenses in the FCS. And it's crazy that the Bison put up 40-plus points a game playing some really good defenses, but they – they're just so methodical about it, Chase. It's it's not an air raid, throw the ball 50 times a game. They get the ball, and it's 7 yards there, 10 yards there, 5 yards there, 15-yard pass, and they just wear you down. And when it gets to the second half, they've hit you so many times for those 3-yard runs in the first half or 15-yard runs. And the, the last drive of the game, the Bison could have put up another touchdown. Colefield was carrying guys. Mm-hmm. And North Dakota State's offense is just so impressive from that standpoint that you know what's coming. They don't throw the ball 50 yards per pop. They just run it right at you. And then when they kind of lull you to sleep doing that, they hit the pass, and before you know it, you're down three scores. Yeah, Darius Shepard, four receptions for 71 yards, but they felt like a lot more, you know, at times. And the one thing that North Dakota State does so well is setting up their play-action game. They understand that, hey, if you're going to play seven yards off the football lot, that's fine. We'll just, you know, take a five-yard hitch or a five-yard in or a five-yard out, and, you know, we'll let our our, uh, wide receivers and tight ends have the ability to run after they catch. And what what this team's been able to do, Courtney Messenham has diagrammed a really good offense this year. There's there's no question about it. And all of a sudden you start looking at what this team can potentially do. And I'm going to put it to this way. Golden State three years ago in the NBA had the best record ever, and they lost in the championship. It's the same thing here for NDSU. They don't want to get to Frisco and come up short and lay an egg. They want to finish this one off, send Kleiman out as a champion. He would have one more national championship than Craig Bull would. You would have this senior class who, again, was part of the team in 2016 that lost to James Madison. The streak was done. They want to go out as back-to-back champs. You would have a 21-game winning streak going into next season for your for your uh, opener down at Target Field. I mean, everything that goes around here to it, you can literally pass the baton from Kleiman to Coach Entz. And this is a good time for Coach Entz to Swanee for him to learn now a little bit more, for him to take maybe a couple more notes, and not as a defense coordinator, but now as a head coach and, and kind of have a game plan, work with the game plan. It wouldn't shock me at all with how that relationship is with Chris, that Chris might even pull him aside once or twice and kind of say, hey, Matt, I just want to show you certain specifics that maybe as a defense coordinator when I was here that I didn't know when I got the head coach, but here's just some things that can maybe ease your transition you know, into how you can better work situations like this, how you can better do a bye week, how to, whatever the, the case might be. Those two talk enough as it is, but now you might get more so from the head coaching spot. We're going to pull in Nolan P. Schmidt, the editor of Bison Illustrated, to unpack that a little bit more and how North Dakota State will handle the next three weeks. There's a recruiting period this weekend, Coach Entz's introductory press conference 
will be on Monday. So we're going to hit the break. When we come back, we'll have more sound from last night's 44-21 to semifinal win. And we'll talk about the next three weeks and getting ready for the East and West Fargo today. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI. American Family Insurance Company. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin, 53783. As old as paper and ink, Nolan Schmidt brings his new school approach to Bison Illustrated as its editor-in-chief and joins Swanee to go over the big headlines for this week's matchup. All kinds of storylines. Chris Kleiman goes to Kansas State. Matt Entz is the new Bison head coach. Easton Stick ties Brock Jensen's 48 wins for most in FCS history with the chance to beat it in Frisco, Texas. North Dakota State fans, how how good are you feeling this morning, Bison Nation? How how excellent do you feel? I know a few of you tailgating all afternoon, maybe uh, nursing a little bit of a headache. I was just gonna say it's morning. a little foggy, maybe little, little a little foggy, foggy this morning. A little, little bit of uh, celebrating all afternoon and then after after the game, during the game, just that palpable feeling of exhilaration and excitement knowing your team is going back to Frisco, Texas. Nolan P. Schmidt, we talked about it on our podcast this week where we just didn't see any way this Bison team would allow Chris Kleiman to go out in his final game at the Fargo Dome, losing to John Stigemeyer in the South Dakota State Jackrabbits and Taron Christian, their quarterback. Boyston Stick, the Bison offense, the Bison defense, and they just took care of business. And, I mean, when you look at the two games that North Dakota State has played against South Dakota State, you could make the case that those are Easton Stick's two best games so far this season. And it's kind of a far cry to say that because his, his he hasn't played well against South Dakota State up until that September 28th game, and obviously last night as well. So, I mean, you have to feel good, and also Swanee and Chase. I mean, the 44 points to put that up on South Dakota State is a monument in itself. I mean, I think if I looked correctly, the last time the the Bison have scored near that many points was when they scored 45 in like 2001 or something like that, when both were still in Division Two. So, I mean, these games are known known for tough it out, rough and tumble defense, and and you know North Dakota State dominated that second half. We we went into the half just maybe. I don't want to say uncertain, Swanee, because obviously we knew it was going to be a physical, competitive game in the early going. But, man, that third quarter with Seth Wilson with that big run, and then they had, they kept getting penalties too. I mean, North Dakota State kept shooting themselves in the foot with with penalties, and they were able to redeem themselves every single time by scoring a touchdown. Yeah, so, you, I mean, when you do that, it's hard to beat a team when they're trying to beat themselves, but then they end up redeeming themselves. You knew last night, and Chase, we talked about it earlier you had the feeling that once North Dakota State got that two-score lead, if the defense could just get a stop there, they would be able to make it hold. And if you're South Dakota State, in that third quarter, you know your defense isn't stopping the Bison. You know that every time you touch the ball, you've got to put up a score. And, and Bison fans sitting there in the Dome last night were feeling pretty good about things. And I know I was feeling pretty good saying, we get a we get a three score lead. It's over. We got a two score lead. We're sitting pretty good right now. But you knew the way the Bison offense was was moving the football. And, and how about this, guys? Let let me ask you this: North Dakota State and South Dakota State coming to the FCS really only a decade ago. They are 
the two premier programs in the FCS. They have changed. They have fundamentally altered and changed the landscape of the FCS, where the center of the FCS universe now resides in Fargo, North Dakota, but the little brother in Brookings, and I shouldn't even call him little brother. I, I don't mean to be disrespectful. What I'm saying is North Dakota State's awfully darn good, and South Dakota State has to deal with that in their backyard to have those two powers. And on, on TV last night, if you saw Sports Center folks, the show you put on, let's let's play that sound, Josh. Chris Kleiman talking about the community support for this football team. It was incredibly emotional, and, and uh, we have a great fan base here. They've embraced the Kleiman family for eight years, and uh, I've tried to do whatever I could in the community. My wife has, my kids have, uh, to embrace the community back because this is an unbelievable community. I've poured everything I have into this program for eight years. I've poured everything I have, and I wouldn't change a thing because I've been given more than I've given to those guys. They've given me way more than I've given them. You saw the signs at the Fargo Dome, how Bison Nation is so appreciative and happy for Coach Kleiman and how much they love and respect and, and really revere Chris Kleiman, where in his five years as North Dakota State's head coach, he takes over in 2014. So you have 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, and 2018, five seasons. He could win four national championships in five years, in five years, and set a school record for most championships by a head coach, which is just a testament to, to everything he's done. But, but what a turnout by Bison Nation. I think NDSU's got to feel real proud of the show they put on national television last night because that was big-time college football. It, it certainly was, and, you know, you bring up the the community's uh, affection for Chris Kleiman and, and the decision that he made this week and, you know, really leading up to it because, I mean, in any other fan base, guys, uh, I think it's really easy for that to be the absolute opposite, and I, f I think that's what makes Fargo so special. That's what makes this NDSU community so special. But, I mean, you might be able to speak to this better than I am, Swanee, but for me, you know, watching last night and watching everything on social media, you know, Chris Kleiman's one of the most beloved figures in NDSU since, you know, Rocky Hager. Is is that a, an accurate assessment? Not taking anything away from what Bob Babich did and, and what Craig Bull did. There's nothing against what those guys did because they laid the groundwork and they continued that, you know, tradition of success long into where Chris Kleiman is now. But, I mean, when you look at it just from a from – how the community has this affinity for coaches. I've never seen it like I have with Chris Kleiman. I mean, and you you were around when Rocky Hager was the head coach, so you might be able to speak, but it just seems like he's one of those most beloved figures now. He's only been here for since 2011, Swanee. Which is, Chase, we were talking about that before the show, how every year Chris Kleiman has been here, his first year here was 2011. He was a defensive backs coach, then he was elevated to defensive coordinator. He's been a part of every bison championship run here every trip to frisco and if you think the bison weren't going to let that man lose last night in the fargo dome there is no way they're letting him go out with any ending that doesn't involve raising a trophy on the stage in frisco texas and we heard the word galvanized chase you could feel that you could see that in the team you could see that in the crowd if you want to get a little cliche or maybe hokey that team and that crowd were going to will North Dakota State to victory last night. Yeah, and, and the one thing that you're going to say at the end of the day is um, the everyone was waiting for Kleiman one more time to come on that 
you know, come out of that helmet, that locker room. And once you knew midway through the fourth quarter, you already heard the thank you climbing chance. And you know, Chris would be the first guy that wouldn't want to hear that. He would want to finish the game. But once you know the game's in hand and you feel pretty good about the situation, he said in his post-game presser that he was just trying to take it all in. Because let's be honest, this is the last time he's going to be on the sidelines. The next time Chris Kleiman's at the Fargnome, he's being honored for one of these national championship teams. You know, it's going to be like a 20-year anniversary or 15-year anniversary the next. And, and that's barring that if he's not still not pulling a, a Coach Schneider down to Manhattan and coaching, you know, you know, until all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, I'm good. Because I can see Chris go another 15, 20 years if he wants. Now, if he gets to a point where he's like, you know what, I've done enough at Kansas State. I want to hang out with my wife. I want to see my kids and their families a little bit, you know, a decade down the line. That could possibly be it. But when you hear Chris Kleiman, you're only going to hear good things. When you hear Craig Bull, there's some good and there's some bad. There's a little bit of that bitter, yep. And I I could argue that Matt Entz has bigger shoes to fill now than what Chris Kleiman did with Coach Bull just because of the situation that we're talking about today. Yeah, and and that's a great point. We'll, We'll unpack that. A little bit more after the commercial break, I want to thank Peterman Seeds, Seabird Power Sports, Essentia Health, Yankee Insurance, and Altonorf Trucking. And we'll talk about it right after the break. We're going to talk about the next head coach for the Bison, Matt Entz, and how North Dakota State will handle the next three weeks when you have the coach on the way out and the coach on the way in right here on Heard It Here with Swanee. You're home for the FCS championship game on Saturday, January 5th. It's 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Kickoff from Toyota Stadium is set for 11 a.m. Don't miss the FCS championship game on The Fan. Ready for some tough talk about tarps? TRS Industries, manufacturer of America's best tarps, wants you to know that all tarps are not alike. TRS tarps are the toughest you can find. Made of strong American fabric and materials. TRS offers the best warranty in the business. Go to trsindustries.com and see their full line of products. Their expert custom cover specialist has over 35 years of experience. TRS Industries, America's best tarps. When you need tires, Valley Tires got them. Passenger car and light truck tires, commercial truck tires, even agricultural tires and tracks. If it rolls, Valley Tire has you covered with the most popular and best performing tires on the market. Michelin, BF Goodrich, Uniroyal and Hancock. Valley Tire, the newest tire shop in the FM area with a knowledgeable staff to get you back on the road in a hurry. Valley Tire, 6827th Street South, Fargo, just south of the intersection of Main Avenue and 25th Street. Online at valleytire.net or call 701-551-7002. Hi, I'm Paul Myers. And I'm Brady Brunsvold from Legacy Wealth Management. You know, Bison fans and team are known for their excitement, for their energy, and for their passion. And at Legacy Wealth Management, when it comes to your investments, we're known for the same things, excitement, energy, and passion. And when it comes to investing, if you have questions, make sure to give us a call, 701-365-8083. That's Legacy Wealth Management, located right here in the middle of Bison Country in Fargo, North Dakota. Hey, kid, your life sure skidded to a stop. Should have seen Yonke Insurance. Tell me about it, dude. Yeah, let's see. Speeding, a DUI, and no insurance. Yeah, bad move. Real bad, which is why you're sitting on the curb with a thumb in the air. Any suggestions? For you? Yeah, try that corner over there. There's more traffic. But for the rest of you still out there driving without insurance, call Yonke Insurance now. Canceled, refused, need an SR-22? Get covered fast at Yonke Insurance Fargo. Call 232-5722. That's 232-5722. Before they get to you, Yonke Insurance. 
Altendorf Trucking has alternating full and part-time CDLA driving positions to be filled immediately for the harvest season, hauling local and over the road. These positions can easily be made permanent for those willing to work full-time. Get started on your new career with Altendorf Trucking. To apply, call Mike or Marvin at Altendorf Trucking and Express in Minto, North Dakota, or email application to truck.safety at altendorfinc.com. That's truck.safety at altendorfinc.com. The sideline is no place for your athlete. Dedicated to the complete care of young athletes, Essentia Health's orthopedic and sports medicine team of doctors, specialists, and trainers provide injury prevention and rehabilitation services at every level. We'll get your athlete back in the game. For more information, visit EssentiaHealth.org. I think this is probably my favorite Christmas song. This time of year with the Bison of Frisco, Thunderstruck <laughs> is a de facto Christmas song. Uh, better than All I Want for Christmas is You? Better than, yeah. better than Mariah Carey's <laughs> All I Want for Christmas is You. All Bison Nation wants is a seventh national championship in eight years. Eric Yonser's out there listening, says, says uh, I feel great. A huge Bison win over the blank of the South is an incredible Hangover suppressor. Let's put that in a bottle <laughs> and sell it and, and make some money, folks. This is Heard It Here with Swanee, 740 AM. The Fan, make sure to check out our show page at 740thefan.com. This will be podcasted and posted later this morning. Make sure to check out the Bison Illustrated podcast, Nolan P. Schmidt and myself. You can find that at bisonillustrated.com. Before we went into the break, guys, we were talking about, well, let me throw this in real quick. 740 The Fan will have wall wall Frisco coverage on January 5th. I'll start at 8 a.m. in the morning, and my show will run from 8 to 9.30. Chase Miller's show will follow that. Westwood 1 will be covering the game after the game, which is at 11 o'clock Saturday morning, January 5th. Derek Hansen's going to have a post-game call-in show, so 7.40 a.m. the fan has you covered for wall-to-wall Frisco coverage on January 5th. Matt Ants is coming into a really good situation but what I'm curious to see guys is over the next three weeks the coaches are gone this week in recruiting early signing day where recruits can commit officially commit to their schools including North Dakota State is this upcoming Wednesday December 19th so NDSU coaches are on the road right now trying to lock up and solidify those commits tell you what there were 20 prospective buys in at the game last night for an official visit Boy, if that performance and that atmosphere doesn't convince you that you want to be a part of this program and be a part of something special, man, I I don't know what you were watching. But to me, it's going to be interesting over the next three weeks with Chris Kleiman working at Kansas State, also preparing for a national championship, how North Dakota State is going to handle that situation. And what, what we've seen so far, Chase, you had mentioned how, you know, when Craig Bowl left and Chris Kleiman came in, there was some bitterness. There was some acrimony to the breakup between North Dakota State and Coach Bowl. It was the total opposite with Coach Kleiman. That's something he referenced in his post-game press conference was just the transparency of the process, how he was upfront and open. But it'll be interesting to see how internally NDSU handles that transition over the next three weeks to Coach Enns. And, you know, I think it, it, it also comes down not only recruiting guys, but – 
you know, who's going with Chris Kleiman and who's staying in Fargo. I think that has something to do with it too. And, you know, you go back to, to 2013 when Craig Bowl left and it was a, a mass exodus of of coaches that left with Bowl for Wyoming. I, I'm under the impression that that's not going to be the case this time around. I mean, I don't think a guy like Tyler Roll goes to Kansas State. I think Tyler Roll is, is a budding coach in college football and has the potential to be a head coach at some point. And I think he can do that here at North Dakota State. I mean, you, you know, does a Courtney Messingham go with, with Chris? Because he came in with Chris, played with Chris at Northern Iowa. Probably, you know, does Connor Riley go down there? He's got Omaha ties. I don't know. I, I think, you know, we're talking about this now, and, and I think we talked about it this whole week about, okay, well, is this going to cause a distraction? Is this going to cause this or that? You know, I, I think when we find out who's going, who's staying – I don't know if it matters. Like I really don't. And and this might be a different it might be a different answer in the recruiting aspect of things, but I feel like this staff and this team is just going to rally around one another. Regardless of if insert coach here is going to Manhattan or insert coach is staying in Fargo. I don't think it matters. They they're such a close group of coaches and Chris Kleiman said that last night how close this staff is in general. I don't know. I don't think it it adds any personal animosity whether you know, this guy's going, this guy's staying, what have you. I I just can't see that because, I mean, we – it was a storyline coming into this week and, you know, look what happened last night. It didn't matter. So Yeah, and, and what, what impressed me so much, Chase, was how, how happy all the coaches were for each other and how Chris Kleiman is so happy for Matt Entz to have this opportunity. I think Matt Entz is going to be able to put together a really good coaching staff, and, and I don't see the mass exodus. I think Coach Entz is able to keep – at least a decent portion of this staff in Fargo. Yeah, no doubt about it. And before you keep going, Swanee, let's uh, play that soundbite here quick of uh, Kleiman talking about Coach Hans in the postgame. It's great. He's one of my best friends. I love him. Got a great family and uh, deserves the opportunity. Uh, good things happen to good people. And uh, he's a man of integrity. Um, the kids will love playing for him. And um, we get three more weeks together. I'll just tell you this much. You didn't hear that when Craig Bull was there. You know, mm-hmm. when Chris Kleiman took the job, you, you you didn't hear that. And you heard that there's rumblings that they weren't even speaking to each other, much less being in the same building to each other. So what you're seeing now, and I know Kleiman said this before a couple of years ago, that it doesn't matter who's up in front of the team in, in the meetings, you know, during the week. It doesn't matter who's leading the team out of that locker room, so to speak, as a coach, because – there's such a tradition at North Dakota State. It's kind of like, don't broke if it's not, you know, don't fix it if it's not broken. That's why you're seeing Matt Entz back-to-back years. Where you, I mean, that says a lot about a program, guys. They've gone back-to-back hires, and they've stayed in-house. Mm-hmm. They, they, they didn't bring the head guy out of the house. They're, they're staying in-house. So Matt Entz, he's going to have a lot on his plate. Where We'll see how he handles spring ball. We'll see how he handles his first game. Well, all that type of stuff is going to get scrutinized just like it was with Chris Kleiman and Coach Bowl. But at the end of the day, with where this program's at right now, Coach Entz is right where he would want to be. There's a lot of momentum for North Dakota State football right now. We just saw highlights on SportsCenter. You're going to see those throughout the day. You're going to see them being talked about during the five college bowl games on this weekend. Real quick, want to thank couple of our sponsors, Welton's Tire Service, Valley Tire, Chris Heisey, American Family Insurance Agent, Legacy Wealth Management, and TRS Industries. And, and I think where the Bison program is at, it, it's something that doesn't happen by accident. There's a formula. There's a process. There's that continuity in the culture. That, that's, that doesn't change, whether it's a, a Craig Bowl. And, and I don't want to 
take anything away from what Craig Bull did here to win three championships. The questions come up because it's a coaching transition, and this one, by all outward manifestations, has just been so much more smoother, so much less acrimonious. And with Coach Ants coming in, there's that continuity where the, the players know him. He knows the players. He knows the recruits. And I, I know there's a lot made of the, the 24 seniors, this big senior class. It's not like the cupboard is bare. And we're going to talk about this a lot in the offseason. And you're going to hear in the next three weeks, it's all going to be about the 24 seniors, sending Coach Kleiman out with the W. But, you know, the Bison have all the pieces in place. And we, we're running out of daylight here. I heard it here with Swanee. We, got, we won't make Frisco predictions. We don't know who the Bison are playing. But mm-hmm. I'll throw this to you guys to wrap. NDSU is going to be a heavy favorite going into the game in Frisco. You have to assume so. I mean, either Maine or Eastern Washington, both, you know, playing honestly, you, you could say their best football right now. I mean, Maine's playing some fantastic football. They've won the last six. They've played nine games on the road this season. This will be their ninth game on the road this season in Cheney, Washington. A second cross-country flight in as many weeks, that's difficult for any team. Obviously, they handled it well in Weber State, but that was sort of a rock fight game. You know, I, I'm under the impression that Eastern Washington's going to win the game today and and meet the Bison and the Frisco. And think about this full circle now, Swanee, when we go back to 2010 and the infamous red turf game, Brock Jensen fumbling at the one or not fumbling at the one. It, it's all coming back in full circle. It's just so interesting to see the parallels of past Bison teams with this year's team, especially 2013. But, you know, I, I'm interested to see it. I, I think they will be heavy favorites, but at the same time, you know, anything can happen. And I'm just going to have bringing you both of you guys into uh, at least the first part of my show coming up next uh, next hour so we can at least continue this conversation. The one thing with Maine, really good defense. Yep. That, yep. That, that, that's the one thing with Maine. Eastern Washington, really good offense. So if you're more scared about an offense and having to put up, uh, you know, points like a Christmas tree, so to speak, then Eastern Washington is a team you don't want to play. If you want to play a smash-mouth game and you think the Bison can do enough with uh, Maine's defense – and you're probably going to be going for the Black Bears if you want the quote-unquote easier game in Frisco. Bison Nation, enjoy this one. Enjoy this one. It's special what this team has done, what your team has done, what your program and your institution has done is something you should be awfully darn proud of, and you're a big part of it. When we say the strength of the herd is the Bison and the strength of the Bison is the herd, you are the herd, and I am so gosh darn proud to be a Bison today. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 Hey, I'm the fan. Stick around. We got FCS Nation coming up with Chase Miller right here. Is there something you'd like to say?